0: Our lexi for today is ecclesia, ecclesia, or church. What I love about the Greek Orthodox Church, the one I belong to, is that it's a sensory of symbolism. The five senses represented in the church include sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch to all represent a part of life of Christ. A sensory that I carry over from church to home is the sensory of smell. A common practice in the Orthodox Church is the use of incense, which has been used in worship for ages and when we smell the incense in our services we're reminded that like smoke our prayers rise to God and are hopefully pleasing to him like the fragrance of the incense i love to light my incense each morning during prayer ecclesia bring some of it into your home Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek Culinary culture. Today, the priceless and in life giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Goroneki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties, linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. A few months ago, my lifelong dream of visiting the Holy Land became a reality. In September, my husband Brian and I went on a pilgrimage with Good Shepherd travel to Israel, Palestine. The journey, my friends, was, well, you have to go to experience it, but I'll try for for the benefit of this episode to say that it was profound, it was epic, and yes, it is a place I will soon, soon return to. Home, that is how I describe the Holy Land. The Holy Bible came to life for me, and I can say safely for the whole group that was with us, the places and stories are now alive in my mind, my heart, my spirit, my body, every part of my ethos. The food, oh, it was delicious. The people, magnificent. The land, very telling. And the place where Jesus was born, we experienced that as well. And we did all of this in a matter of weeks. Our group had the great fortune of being guided and educated and inspired, yes, inspired by licensed tour guide, Sufyan Abu Hanna, and our beloved Father Dakdow and his cousin Father Nassau. And all of these people are natives to the land, which makes it very, very extra special uh, for learning, for experiencing, for living this journey. Today, days before Christmas, you and I have the unique privilege to hear the genuine and authentic story of Bethlehem. With licensed tour guide Sufyan Abu hana and I hope I said that right. Welcome to Sufyan. Hello. Oh. It is so um. good to see you.
1: <laughs> so good to see you.
0: Yes, how have you been, my friend? Last I saw you was in September. We're now at December, and I just want you to know that the entire group sends their their warm wishes, their greetings, and you made such an impact on all of us.
1: Well, I think it's the most fulfilling um, to hear a such thing. Because after all, it's, uh, it's this journey that, uh, you know, that you take and I am with you, accompany you um, while reviving the word of Christ.
0: We thank you so <laughs> much. And Sufjan, um I can imagine that you have had and guided and led so many tours. Um, are they all, like we came as Orthodox Christians. Are there all types of religions and nationalities or what is the, population profile would you say generically speaking well
1: um, 2019 prior the pandemic uh, five million pilgrims or actually the whole thing with tourism yeah the whole tourism thing but it's like the major uh, part of uh, of this amount was pilgrims five million and uh, so now it's like this year is about forty percent uh, less arrived this year after the pandemic. So gradually it'll get back to what it was before. And, uh, so, um, yes. So I work with various, uh, churches. Um, so, um, All, you know, like newborn churches, um, Lutherans, Baptists. um, So Greek Orthodox, actually, you were the, you know, you were the first Greek Orthodox American group that I worked with. It was quite a unique (laughs) unique, uh, experience. And um, because my mom is uh, Greek Orthodox always. So uh, also, sorry. So um, yeah, it was quite unique, and uh, you know, listening to chanting, the the, the word of uh, of the Lord in English, uh, you know, it's, it was quite unique.
0: Oh, I'm so happy that you too found it to be unique and and wonderful as well, and that we had a connection with your mother. The community itself in 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 uh, in the Middle East, I was very surprised. I mean, I knew it was international, but there is such an international. Um, Bond. I know we have the different groups. We have the Muslim, the Jew, the Christian. And then we just have people that are coming to experience something that is so uh, ancient. Do you have, you spoke a lot about archaeology. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just the religious aspect. You knew quite a bit about the archaeological aspects of the Holy Land.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's like when you read the scripture, uh, you know, in the States, in your church, This is one dimension, and when you come over here and you see, when you know how the archaeology meets the book, it's a it's a different dimension.
0: And you yourself, uh, yeah, sorry,
1: yes, sorry, no, it's like um, you know, it's like just like when you visit Capernaum and you see the milestone that you know depicts the Via Maris, and uh, therefore it brings you to Matthew 4 about the location of Capernaum on the Via Maris so it's like there's a lot of things that when you see it it's like wow it's there so <laughs> yes it, it, so
0: it's just something that is so uh like you read about it in a history book you read it about it in the bible and then you step foot on the land and you absolutely feel the essence and the power and uh for me the truth of it you're you were born and raised in Nazareth
1: sure yes
0: that's yes. so cool, and you're still there. That's where we're doing the interview. I'm in Chicago, you're in Nazareth, the beauty of technology. But today we're talking about Bethlehem, the town where Jesus was born days before Christmas. Um, how do we know? Let's talk a little bit about the people that have never been, that don't know much about Bethlehem. Talk to us about Bethlehem and um, where Jesus was born.
1: Okay, so we'll start with the, you know, the, the meaning of, the, of Bethlehem or Bethlehem in Hebrew. Yes, the house of bread. So the first spot to be supplied with bread coming from the Judean desert is Bethlehem and therefore Bethlehem and therefore the name. And, you know, later on it, it was, you know, the bread of Jesus therefore. So um, so Bethlehem is a you know, sadly, there's like less than 10% nowadays Christians because a lot emigrated, especially after 1948 or the Israeli conquest. And later on, 1967, the Six Day War. So, um, but yet, I mean, it's like, you know, the a minority uh, of Bethlehem, but still the mayor is Christian, Christian. Uh, and, uh, you, know, the, you know, the presence uh, of the Christianity uh, is still there and you can really sense it. Uh, they lit the, the lighting of, of the tree took place on December 3rd and uh, there's a Christmas market now. And um, you can see how it's like festive this town is still. Um, so, um, yes, I mean, uh, very few Christians are there, but uh, the surrounding villages like Beit Sahur and Bejala, those Christian villages are mostly Christian, yes. And um, it's like uh, part of, uh, of, of this thing that, you know, a lot of pilgrims come, millions come to Bethlehem. This is what, you know, it's like brings Bethlehem to be alive. And uh, therefore, the way you know. The, therefore, this uh, this um, uh, pilgrims and and uh, the main. I mean, it's a, it's an essential uh, site. Like there are some other sites in the, in the Holy Land that you might visit, you might not. But this is one. This is an essential site that every pilgrim visits.
0: I have to say that the the pilgrimage went. Way too fast for me because our guides wanted us to fit everything in. Father like thou and his cousin were just remarkable. They had such an energy. And <clears throat> I don't know if you remember, I was always the last one on the bus, which irritated a lot of people. <laughs> but the reason I say all this is because when we got to Bethlehem, which was towards the latter part of the pilgrimage, it, it was so crowded and it went so fast that I really want to... Um, relive that moment a little bit about what I saw. I remember seeing a closed off opening. I remember seeing a star on the floor. I remember seeing, I think a hole, but I, I would love for you to take us back to, cause you've been there so many times, the nativity scene. How do we know that it's authentic? Give us some type of, what was the proof? Just give us a little bit of history about, like what does the star mean on the floor? Sure. And, and where is the? where was the manger?
1: Sure what is so special about this church, that it's, um, it's the only one that was saved miraculously after the Persians came over here at the year 614 and ruined all the Byzantine churches. So we're going to go back to Helena or St. Helena, Constantino's mother, yes? And she's the one that built it first, early 4th century, just like the Holy Sepulchre and more churches, that when she came over here early 4th century, she's the one that initiated building these churches, St. Helena. Now, most of the Byzantine churches were ruined by the Persians when they came over here at 614. And uh, there were. it wasn't Islam, it was pagan uh, groups, and they, they didn't want to hear anything about one god because they have their own, you know, gods. And, you know, you come over here and you tell us that there is no, you know, all these gods are, you know, nonsense or rubbish. And uh, and that's why eventually we can understand why the Romans, at first, they uh, persecuted uh, the, the Christianity or the Christians or the one God, the mono God. And uh, later on, it was the Persians when they came over here. So at first... You know we know that the Romans persecuted the what we call the judeo Christians, which is the early follower, followers of Christ, and then you know the the Christians and it took three hundred years after the resurrection when Saint Helena came over here now if you think about it, three hundred years, it's not that many I mean, look at the states how many years it has been you know it's like two hundred fifteen now,
0: yes 150. and two, it's just under- like.
1: Exactly, and it's just like yesterday. So it was very easy at first for the disciples to mark these places with stones. So when they go and worship secretly, they won't. You know, if 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 a Roman soldier passes by, he won't be able to tell what's going on. Yes, and uh, and this thing actually explains December twenty fifth. Why do we celebrate? Christmas on December twenty fifth was Jesus born on on December twenty fifth. It's Helius Day. It's the God of the Sun. So the way for these, you know, for the early followers of Christ to, to celebrate this birth date of Jesus, it was deceiving the Romans. While the Romans are celebrating Helius Day, they would be. You know, <laughs> celebrating in the, in the streets, yes, and Look nobody will tell that they are celebrating, you know, Jesus Christ's birth date. And, and that's why when we visited the Golgotha, the Holy Sepulchre, we saw where the Calvary took place. We saw that the, where the cross is planted, across from it, there was the sun on the ground, on the floor, meaning that the era of the sun is over and now the new era of the lord started so do you December- know
0: that I don't remember I do not remember that explanation <laughs> but I have the picture and I'm like I have to ask Sufian about this star
1: mm-hmm. okay but it was so the sun. yeah huh yes exactly exactly so it was the sunday it was like the god of the sun helios and that's this thing so it was only the early uh, the early followers of christ they couldn't First of all, there was no churches that was built prior to early 4th century. Okay? And especially when Constantinus, the emperor, he is the one that allowed the Christianity. At the year 312, and then 12 years later on, at the year 324, he said that it's the only religion allowed. It's the formal religion allowed in the Roman Empire. So... Only then the churches started to be built. But prior to that, we know about what we call domos Ecclesia or house churches that took place, one in Nazareth, one in Capernaum, and there's another one uh, cr- close to Megiddo. So uh, these were house churches that secretly people came and worshipped. So if it was in Capernaum, for example, it was in St. Peter's house and over here in Nazareth in Mother Mary's house. So... So it was house churches, and then later on, early 4th century, the churches started to be built. Now, almost 300 years later on, the Persians came over here, and they are the ones that ruined all these churches. Now, back to 300 years, if we, if we take a look at how many generations is it, and how, e- how, it wa- how easy it was from father to son to tell him that over here, this thing happened because at first at first it was it was the disciples that informed the people where this thing happened and therefore people would secretly come to this place and worship so 300 years later on saint helena built these churches so it was very easy for her to tell now these churches she was the one that found and searched you know these places and she found it and she built it now in regards of uh, the, the nativity church where the birth of baby jesus took place actually it's even more and more it was much easier for her to tell where is it exactly so first of all the church of today it still exists but we'll, we're going to talk about it a bit later on, a bit later now we're going to go back to helena what happened there when she came to Bethlehem looking or searching for the exact spot, what she found over there, it was a temple that was built by Hadrian or Hedrianus, this emperor that came to the Holy Land at the year 131. He came over here and he wanted to diminish anything that had to do with Christianity or Judaism or one Lord. And therefore, in Jerusalem, where the Temple Mount is, he built a temple honoring Jupiter, the god of sky and thunder. And where the Holy Sepulcher took place, uh, where, where where the crucifixion and the resurrection took place, he built a temple honoring Aphrodite. And in Bethlehem, he built a temple honoring Adonis, the mortal lover of Aphrodite.
0: Adonis, yeah.
1: So we're talking about only 100 years after the resurrection, Hadrian came. So it was very, very easy for him to, to tell. I mean, he came to Bethlehem and he found this spot. And he knew from the people, you know, threatening them. And he knew exactly where it... So it was very easy for Helena later on, when she came, where, where was Adonis' temple... Therefore it was exactly where the birthplace of baby Jesus. So this is about you know the you know how authentic this place. Now one more thing that it's like so special about this church that it was the only one that survived this destruction from the Persians. And how it was miraculously saved it is an amazing story. So what happened is when the Persians came over there to Bethlehem, they found a mosaic depicting the Magi's, and where the where does the Magi's or where they, did the Magi's came from?
0: The, they were the ones that followed the star, right?
1: Exactly. But where they came from? From the east, from Persia.
0: From the east, yes. Exactly. The so east. they said that this yes. is ours.
1: And that's why this, they said that, okay, this thing belongs to, I mean, this mosaic, the Magi story, the whole thing, we're going to keep it. We're going to maintain it. And that's why this church was miraculously miraculously uh, saved. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, that is, <laughs>
1: that is... That is... So, so actually, you know, the Nativity Church is one of four churches, one of the oldest in the world, And it's one of the... It's the oldest active church because it goes back to the late 6th century. Now, Helena's church was actually ruined by the Samaritan revolt 100 years after it was built. Okay, the Samaritans had more than one revolt. And in one of them, they got to Judea and they ruined Helena's church. So what happened that is... That about 100 years later on, an emperor by the name of Justinianus or Justinian, he is the one that built this church, late 6th century. And therefore, when the Persians came over over there, like a couple of decades or four decades after, and they found this mosaic, they kept it as is. And this is the church that you visited, late 6th century. We're talking about a, a church that has been there for over 1400 years
0: it was absolutely and you really answered my question which was how did we preserve this we i include myself but quite honestly it's a miracle exactly just it's it's actually just a miracle and i think that's what you as a pilgrim or anyone experiences when they go over there after hearing what you just described which is truth there's no other way around it which is it's miraculous um Before we quickly, because we have about eight minutes left, before we talk about the festivities that are happening in Bethlehem during Christmas time, just tell us a little bit about the manger. I remember seeing, I think, a curtain, a little curtain, but there was, tell me where the manger is in the Church of the Nativity, firstly, and secondly, you had mentioned to us, there was, they were trying to do a renovation, not a renovation, but do some painting, and they found... Some icons on the walls. Is that, is that correct?
1: True. Yes, because until only 15 years ago, all you could see is soot. Because we're talking about 1400 years of soot. Okay? Yes, yes. And it was like totally dark. Now they managed to renovate the whole church. And now you can see this beautiful crusader mosaic that is there. Okay, so a lot of beautiful mosaics that goes back to the Crusader era, late 11th, early 12th century is there nowadays. You can see it and it's like beautifully renovated, the whole church. Okay, so in regards of nowadays, I mean, when you go down from the church to the crypta or the crypt or the hidden place underneath the church, you see a 14-point star, that symbolizes or or that reminds us of the genealogy of Jesus as the book of Matthew starts. From Abraham to King David, 14 generations, and then from King David to the exile. Yes, 6th century or late uh, 6th century. Another 14 uh, 14 generations, and then from the exile to Jesus, another 14 generations, and that's why it's a 14-point star depict the exact spot where baby Jesus was born.
0: Remarkable. Remarkable. What are, um? what what are, what is, like, you're from the area. Mm-hmm. And you've also, you've also traveled extensively around the world. You were in Greece. Sure. By the way, do you have a favorite place in Greece?
1: Every spot in Greece is like, you know, heaven. It's so
0: beautiful. It's so beautiful and it has a different beauty than the Middle East. And when I think of the Middle East, so many people, Sufyan, before we took our trip, our pilgrimage, they were like, oh, are you scared? It's so dangerous. Oh, I can't believe you're going. I'm like, no, I'm not scared at all, actually. I'm actually not scared because what will be will be. And you know what, God's will be done for me. That's how I feel. But I didn't feel threatened at all. When I was over there, I felt very safe. Um, I thought that, you know, the, um, the, the Jews, the Muslims, the Christians, I, I really enjoyed all of the people. Mm-hmm. I believe that it's everybody's home. Yes. I feel like everybody should go. I really I really feel that mm-hmm. in my heart, especially when I was at the Holy Sepulchre. But how do you as a person who is a native, who has been to the States as a matter of fact, do you do you actually comprehend how uniquely special the place you were born is, where you were born, Nazareth?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes. You know, it's like when I lived in the States, I missed the Sea of Galilee. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And it's,
0: Tell it, why? Tell me why.
1: I mean, you saw it. I mean, you took this boat ride in the Sea of Galilee oh. and you saw how beautiful it is. So, Peaceful. You know, it's much nicer than Lake Tahoe. It's much more beautiful. <laughs> so, so different. It's, it's so beautiful. And it's amazing how, you know, Bethlehem is like, you know, the serenity that is there. You know, it's like, it's so. Tranquil. It's so beautiful. There's um, there's a lot of reasons why Jesus chose the Sea of Galilee, why he chose Capernaum and not any other spot. Oh yes. Well, tell us. No, no. It's going to be another episode. That's how you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have to. We have to do that. We have to do that because there's so much. I would gladly
1: you know share you know this with you. But it's like it's you know there's a lot there and why, and so but you know on top of all of this, I mean the Sea of Galilee is so beautiful. And you know, it's like you know, the Lord created all this beauty, and why? So He knew where to where to choose. You know,
0: <laughs> it was when I was walking there. I really feel this way, Sufyan. But for the sake of all our friends here, by the way, Marina from our group says um, she's like, "Did you know it was his name day, Sufyanos?" Because in Greek we call you Sufianos, even though you're Sufyan. Yes. Um, so we we titled, yeah, you're Sufyanos. Um, what 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 I felt was that. I, I really felt that the Sea of Galilee, the land, the stones, the walls, everything was talking to me. Yeah, I, I really felt it was talking to me, and and to be in a place and to step foot in a place where you feel that energy, and it's it's not it, you know superficial. It's so deep, like you're you're actually in a place that feels like it's touching your ethos. Amen. My last question to you is You've been a very special guest, and I ask all my special guests this question, Sufyan. So I'll pose the question and you answer it. In my life, I've learned that.
1: Wow. (laughs) In my life, I learned that, you know, we get only when you get closer to the word of the Lord. You start to acknowledge his grace, yes, and the beauty of it. And when you just like, just like you know, a lot of people now, you're know, gonna, they're gonna tune to this podcast, exactly tune to his words, and you'll see his grace. That's it. It's so beautiful.
0: Oh. Well, in Greek we say, which means Merry Christmas. In English, Merry Christmas. In um, Palestinian, what would we say? I would try to repeat that, but I just don't know. So, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. God bless. And I really, we appreciate uh, you being here with us. <laughs> Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, Kala.
1: This Ola Kala moment brought to you by the Law Offices of Liston and Sintilis, ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs.
0: Christmas time is the season to reflect on the birth of Christ and to practice generosity, especially with the hungry and the poor. If you get a chance these next few days, even into January, think about donating food to a shelter. At our church, what we do to give back to the hungry is we take a day to pack meals for an organization called Feed Six, and it's quite rewarding to help those that are in need. Make it all like Allah all well this season when you take some time to give to those that are less fortunate. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kepi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com, at kepilife 365 on Instagram, and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kepi Life.